0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer
0: and Michael. All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man?
1: Hey, I am excited to talk about some, I don't know, some holiday foods, some uh, some college football rankings and whatnot. But first and foremost, I wanted to tell you how I prepared for this podcast. I drank a cheer wine. What is that? I need. I needed a little caffeine. I need a little boost, Spencer, just to get going because it's it's later in the evening. It's been dark for like seven hours now.
0: <laughs> well, it's not that late, but normal recording I don't know.
1: time. Uh, you know, it's, it's the sun sets really early out here with all the mountains. So I did get a cheer wine the other day because I like to treat myself every now and then. It's a soda. Wow. It's a cherry flavored soda from North Carolina, which I should have mentioned. When we did our North Carolina State preview, too bad. But it's delicious. And it is, I'm just going to start off with a hot take. It's better than Dr. Pepper.
0: 100%.
1: your mouth.
0: Did I tell you that uh, the day I found out that they categorized Pib, Pib Extra, Mr. Pib, whatever we're going to call it, as a spiced cherry soda? I was like, oh, that makes total sense. (laughs) <laughs> Once I started putting it together, I was like, I'd never thought of it. That way.
1: I was like, actually,
0: it is. So, I'm yeah. with you.
1: Well, it, and that's why when they started making cherry Dr. Pepper, I was just like, well, that's redundant. That's just like adding water to water or something. I, I don't I don't know what you're getting. But but cheer wine, friends, it sounds like something it's not. It sounds like it's some sort of, like, um, you know, hobo punch or something. Yeah. <laughs> Someone would make in a prison toilet, but it's not. It's really delicious soda from our friends over in North Carolina. Go Wolfpack. Been around since 1917. Yeah, Dr. Pepper's so older. Yeah, it's true. It's older. I looked that up because I was going to try to have some. I mean, Dr. Pepper's like three or four on the list for me. I, I'm sorry. It's that fine. Low? It's good. Wow. I, I, d- I don't not like it. It's just not. I don't reach for it anymore. I've just, I've, I've completely been um, inundated by Coke advertising, and Coca Cola is just delicious. I think that's still my number one. Then Pepsi. Then probably wine. Oh no. <laughs> I don't even know where Dr Pepper lands, honestly. Well, I didn't mean to. I, gosh, I, I've just, I've turned off all our, all our listeners so far.
0: They're, they're sorry, gonna everybody. They're going to come out and cancel you. So if you want to do that, I, it's uh, you can find me on Twitter at Michael underscore lbk.
1: Yeah,
0: It's where you can hit up Michael on his terrible soda takes. Do you think uh, you'd be able to pick out the difference in a in a lineup of uh, like Dr Pepper, Diet Dr Pepper, Dr Pepper Zero Sugar can versus bottle?
1: I don't know about zero versus. You know what? I'm just gonna say yeah. I think I could. See, I've also I, thought about doing this. I, I want. I really want to do a blind taste test of domestic light beers. I so think I would ace that as well.
0: Like, Currs and Budweiser.
1: Yeah, and, you, you got your Currs light. You got your Currs light, Miller light, Bud light. Those are the, the. That's the holy trinity. And then you've got uh, Michelob Ultra. Um, that I would probably throw that in there. And then you know, maybe a what? What would be a good fourth one? But Bush, <laughs> maybe Bush or Keystone. Keystone. Th- that might be a good fourth one. Yeah,
0: or fifth. Yeah, Bush. So I've 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 seen people, and and I don't know if how difficult it would be because of the just I I I enjoy Dr Pepper, and I I'm fairly well versed. I I think my my uh, taste acuity for Dr Pepper is pretty high, but I've seen people that claim to drink a lot of soda that in a blind taste test can't tell the difference between Dr. Pepper, Coke and Pepsi. It blows my mind. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that so blows I'll, my mind too. I, I, I'd be interested in trying that and then be, and then taking a step further and doing the different, the, the, the variations of a single one and say, okay, give me a Dr. Pepper, a zero sugar, a diet, can versus bottle, glass bottle, even if you want to go that far. And see what I can do from there. Now I don't know if I could do the different, uh, like, restaurant fountains, because like any any certain day, like those could just be off, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah, you can get a you can get a watery, Dr Pepper at certain places. Uh, Even without but ice. I do. Yeah. It will, and if if we're gonna do the the vessel in which the beverage is packaged, I do th- I do think if if we're going down that road and everything's poured into the same cup with about the same amount of ice, I think I'd really have trouble differentiating whether it was a plastic glass or – because I think that's part of what makes it better is if you're drinking it out of that glass. I mean uh, if you're getting a glass bottle Coke, you're not going to then pour it into something. You're going to drink it out of the glass bottle, ice cold. It's got the sweat going out on the outside of it. You might drop some peanuts in there. You never know. You never know what you're going to do. But I think that's the, that's part of the experience is actually drinking an ice cold Coke from the can. And you, you don't cause you know, it's different and it's better. You don't normally, or you're not, I'm not as quick to put that in a cup of ice, but if I've got like a 20 ounce bottle of anything, I need some ice. I need a cup and some ice. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be rough. Now, Big Red, Big Red, okay, that's probably my number three. <laughs> but Big Red is one of those that is pretty good out of a plastic bottle. So you're obviously a can man. I am a can man. Okay. I'm a can man or a, or a glass bottle man. Um, glass bottle, of course, is the best, but not always practical. Sure. And sure. plastic bottle is plastic bottle's dead last. Fountain wow. is. Uh, fountain, it depends on where you're getting it from. It's just too inconsistent. It, yeah, it is. Like McDonald's is good. Taco Villa is usually pretty good. Sonic is sometimes pretty, you know, it can I be inconsistent too, but man, yeah, that's about it.
0: Sonic may be, at least the one I go to, is the most inconsistent. Like I, I, I can Ooh. get a Dr. Pepper from a Sonic down the street and it tastes different day-to-day. It's a a different experience every time I go. Keeps you guessing. It's kind of like... I don't know if that helps or or hurts the brand, but... All right, that's enough talk about sodas. Um, (laughs) Well, I was going to say, enough talk about drinks, but you, you know that today's episode is brought to you by Sports Drink, Michael.
1: What a segue.
0: Episode 319 of the 23 Personal Podcast brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler... They are here to help us grow. They're a newly created internet community, uh, and they're just—they want to hate on your favorite sports team. So, you can check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or type in at sportsdrink in your Instagram app. It's at least on Instagram. It's spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels. All we ask is you close the door behind you, try not to let the funk out. Also, not to give too much away. But Michael and I may be adding an additional platform to the podcast. There may oh. be a video piece to the not not that you need to see our our, our faces because we we we're the the classic face for radio, voice for TV, or <laughs> voice for nothing. Um, we're gonna give it a shot. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I half joked, but you know we need to figure out how to get this multiplayer farming simulator thing going, and we'll just twitch that in the background the entire time we're talking. That too. That'll be great. It'll just be a lot of me going. Where are you? Where's the my grain cart's full?
0: Oh, I'm I'm at the sell point, man.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's the All wrong right. one. They don't have a good price there. Okay, sorry. I'm <laughs> I'm already in a farming simulator and cheer wine. I've derailed the whole thing before we even got started.
0: We'll we'll come back to the farming simulator because Michael and I set up a, a multiplayer online game to play together, which we'll talk about. Yeah,
1: later.
0: we're going to talk about football tonight. We're going to talk about the bowls that are coming up since selections were made on Sunday and how just asinine the whole process was. <laughs> uh, we're going to look at a roster update because. The transfer portal was officially opened, reopened on Monday. And I think as of, I think as of yesterday, there were a thousand athletes in the transfer portal day one, Um, including, you know, a few red Raiders. We've got some guys that one, we want to update you guys on, on just who's exhausted their eligibility, who's leaving early or trying to go pro who's hitting the portal. um, Who's coming back. And then who's uh who's, who's on the fence? Who are we waiting on? We're going to take a, an initial look at the Ole Miss Rebels, your Texas Bowl opponent, and then get you into all kinds of basketball. So with that, Michael, you ready to talk about some football? Yes, let's uh, do it. Let's do it. Chuck keeps it himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown! escape, and then picked Very off, sexy. back-to-back, Good. turnovers, and waters, one of the other ways, back down 10. the sideline,
1: touchdown, kick six, six. 70 yards, Marquise Waters,
0: play fake, fine start again. Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks through the left side, to the five. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith, find a little time, thrown to the back of the end zone. Caught, touchdown.
1: Tied at 38, three seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good.
0: I was realizing there's a lot of Donovan Smith highlights there at the end. There um, are, man. And not that not, not that we have to completely change it because he's hit the portal. We just, just in general need to update that for 2022 highlights. Uh, I was going to do that for the bowl game. Uh, and I'm kind of stuck, Michael, because one, uh, we don't know who's playing for Texas Tech next season. We don't even know who's playing for the bowl game just yet. Um, do we... Do we take out guys that are leaving? They're transferring? Uh,
1: Nah, nah. You let it ride, man. Whatever happens, happens. He's one of the guys that you'd want
0: to just just leave in. Uh, One, because he was just such a great great Red Raider. Uh, And as long as he doesn't burn that bridge and go somewhere where we absolutely hate, uh, I'm going to be interested to follow that team and see how he's doing. Uh, just like how he followed how Terrence Shannon took over overtime to help it, the Fighting Illini take down the Longhorns tonight.
1: Is that how that happened? Because I, I was kind of passively following it, and I knew that it went into overtime, and he wasn't having the best game, but uh, apparently turned it on in the final four minutes, I guess. Is that what an overtime is? Five.
0: I wonder what that uh, post-game handshake conversation
1: was like between he and Beard. I, you don't... I mean, it just... They both moved on, you think? It seems like it shouldn't be that.
0: Cuz yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure he... crazy. Have, like I, I having played at tech for for the, those years, played for beard, played against beard uh and just wanting to beat Texas. I'm I'm sure there was that, but also like I don't know, like beating Texas is not that big of a deal to Illinois right now, except they're number 2 tonight.
1: But well, even even if Texas is uh I mean, tech, it, they they were undefeated. I'm not saying that they're not a good team. And no, it was at right. it was at neutral it was a neutral site too, right? When is it Madison Square Garden. Yep. For the Jimmy V Classic. So, yeah, so I mean, it's a great game. Uh cool really cool venue. I mean, just kind of a once in a lifetime kind of venue uh, unless you get in the pros or something, but I I do think maybe last year that interaction could have been a little stiff. Uh, I think Shannon was injured when they went to Austin. Um, I'm not, I can't remember if he was injured at at home too or not. I know he was battling that back injury, but uh, you know, I feel like this year, even, even if it was stiff last year, Shannon has maybe made more peace with it because he didn't do the same thing but he left as well. And so uh, yeah, I I just kind of think it wouldn't be this season it would have just been like, "Hey, how you doing? Great game."
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't watching uh the the end of the game, so I don't know how that went. But we're not talking about basketball just yet. We'll get there in a second. I just got to completely sidetracked um when we talked about Donovan Smith. So, I guess we'll start from the top. We'll talk about the uh the playoff rankings that came out. You got the the matchups uh, Georgia, number one, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State in order. Um, are you at all surprised that TCU stayed at three?
1: I am a little bit. I am. I'd, I didn't think they should have moved. They lost to a team they'd already beaten in overtime. Um, They were down by 11 with like 11 minutes left and roared back and sent it to overtime. I mean, I, I did not think they should have moved, but I still am kind of surprised they didn't just based off previous history and how things kind of work. I mean, I almost thought they would drop out completely. Um, But because it was such a close win, I think they saw the same thing. All the rest of us did or a close loss. Sorry. They saw the same thing. All the rest of us did and knew is that Kansas state's a good team. Um, and going 12 and 0 in the big 12 is really hard going 12 and one in the big 12 is still really hard. So they didn't demoralize them for that or drop them out. And then USC just completely took themselves out of or Utah. Sorry, Utah took USC completely out of consideration. So that just kind of eliminated that other option creeping up. But, I was sort of surprised they didn't somehow get relegated to four, but I guess they don't want the Michigan Ohio state rematch that early. Um, But anyway, I, I think they should have been in there. I'm not going to say I'm glad they are, but I think it's, it's good for the, for the shield, for the, uh, the Roman XII. If, if they're in there and uh, more power to them, I hope they make some waves, but it sure is you know some well, I, uh, don't.
0: I really don't
1: I know well, my boss brought this up today he was with his uh he was hanging out with his his family over the weekend and stuff, and I wanted to ask you about this. they were concerned, and I think they have a right a, a good reason to be concerned as much as we like Joey McGuire and as good of a recruiter he and Blanchard are. TCU and tech probably out of the entire conference overlap the most on territory and where they recruit. Would you agree with that? I mean, I can't think of any possibly Oklahoma state would be next and then maybe Baylor's third, but I, I just kind of feel like TCU and tech compete for a lot of the same guys in the same territory. And that was kind of their argument is the better they do, The easier sell it is to come to, hey, you know, we we were in the playoff last year. If they get housed by Michigan, so what? They can still say that. They were in the playoff. We were in the playoff last year. You know, come to Fort Worth.
0: So are you saying if they do better that they may be adjusting their focus on where they look and open up their more traditional recruiting base so it would make it easier for Texas Tech? Or... Just, no. generally it's going to be just that much more difficult regardless because they're in the playoff.
1: I'm not going to say it's going to make it easier. I mean, harder on Texas tech. I'm just, I think it will make it easier on TCU. So like if there's some guys that were kind of on the fence between the two, they could potentially say, well, you know, TCU's obviously had that big year and a lot of success there. Um, but, but hopefully not. I mean, I, I don't want that to happen, but it's, it's kind of a thing that, keeps me well in that i just don't like tcu i don't want to root for him so that's easy if it was kansas state up there i I really think i would almost go buy a t-shirt or something it would i think it would embarrass myself at the amount of purple and yelling i would be happy about for number three kansas state to to make the college playoff but tcu no And also because of the implications, I I do think it would not harm recruiting, but be a factor uh, when Sonny Dykes comes to somebody's house and he's, who knows? Maybe they make it to the championship game. Maybe they win the whole thing. I don't see how they could beat Georgia, but that's assuming a lot of things. Georgia may lose. They barely covered against Louis, you know LSU in there, in their title game. I'm just kidding. They won by like twenty something. Anyway, that's that's all I was going to go. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on what a e college playoff slash potential championship game team could mean. Uh, in the scheme of Texas Tech versus TCU recruiting?
0: I, I'm i just going to de- default and say it's just going to make um, just generally more difficult for Texas Tech to win these head-to-head battles. I don't think they're going to change their, their identity and, and go after different players necessarily uh, because... That's true. I mean, it's possible they could and and kind of shift their eyes a little bit higher in terms of like player quality and um, recruiting rankings, that kind of thing. And so they kind of shift into competing more with like Texas and Texas A&M. One playoff appearance maybe doesn't do that for them. Um, so I, I would just say it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, but I think, you know, you've got the right man, the job. Um, oh yeah. I do think, TCU losing their recruiting analyst to the actual desert may, may play a, a factor in that. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But as you were going through the, the scenarios, I, I got a little, a little, a uh, little, little vomit in my mouth thinking like <laughs> if Ohio state were to somehow defeat Georgia and TCU's path to a possible national title, is just that much easier. Like, one, obviously, they'd have to get past Michigan, who's pretty damn good this year. But if they were to somehow like defeat Michigan 27 26, last second type thing, they win like, oh, holy crap. They're playing for a national title and they have to go up against Ohio State, which I, I don't think they're bad. I'm not saying that. No. But it, they're not Georgia.
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, Michigan housed Ohio State this year, but that was really – yeah, I'm with you. It's not indicative of who I think they are as a team. I think that was a combination of a bad day, and I'm I'm not sure – I think it was both in that game. I don't think Michigan's as good as they looked in that game, and Ohio State's not as bad as if you could call a team with that record bad.
0: So, TCU in the semifinal Fiesta Bowl, New Year's Eve three p.m. The Georgia Ohio State game would be to follow that, so they wouldn't know their opponent until later that night. Going on the All State Sugar Bowl is at eleven a.m. on New Year's Eve, Kansas State versus Alabama. Look, I I I know that we're 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 good friends and fans of. Of, of the gauchos, but I was getting a little nauseated this weekend with <laughs> how pro Kansas State they were. Uh oh. I am not a guy that's go big 12, big rah rah guy for the, the conference. And because it was coming from the podcast account, I couldn't tell who it was from, but I think both of them are pretty high on Kansas State. Knock it off, guys. That's disgusting.
1: And, and you're talking to a guy who just said he might buy a T-shirt if Kansas State made the like the playoffs. So I'm, yeah, well, I'm part of the problem. They're going to get waxed oh. by Alabama. We, wiggity waxed?
0: Wiggity waxed. Alabama's not, I mean, as ridiculous as Nick Saban made them look by whining and complaining and trying to make the case for them as a two-loss team, those weren't bad losses. They could absolutely just roll on talent alone. And I know that's like, that's not, that's not, you know, it's not just a matchup on paper. Right. But I mean, man, this, this is, this is one of those games where like Alabama was like borderline playoff, Kansas state, not borderline, borderline playoff. Like this one could yeah. be ugly. And I'm yeah, sorry. Playing I a different
1: quarterback. Spend. Yeah.
0: Uh, it, it's true. It's true. Like, Alabama could also be, you know, like, I, I think, in my mind, these, these teams, both at full strength, Alabama wins hands down. Alabama may not be at full strength because of opt-outs and guys that are preparing for the draft, and all that kind of stuff. I understand that. So, they, Kansas State could win this game, and, and, and they could win it a possession or two. I would tend to think if that were going to happen, it was because Alabama wasn't playing their team and and i wouldn't say that like that this was a game they didn't care about i don't think that's in their program identity to to, to be that like no nah, i don't care about this so i'll go throw the game and lose it <laughs> right so anyways full f- they're not that, that's where i don't want to like project or pick these games just yet i mean the matchups were just announced but the rosters <laughs> They're not fine line. You don't oh. know who's back from injury or who's coming back to the team or who's leaving the team. So, TCU versus Michigan, like, I don't know just yet who, what that game is going to look like. And we're, so, we're just going to give the matchups and not like a projection, projection or prediction. Um, the Alamo Bowl, Texas, Washington on the 29th, 8 p.m., the third bowl game in the Big 12.
1: I have zero feel for this game. I haven't watched a second of Washington football all year. Uh, I have zero. Interest I, I got game. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty weird matchup. It's not very intriguing to me at all.
0: Which is, is it's interesting because of the eight Big 12 bowl games, seven of them
1: are against Power 5
0: opponents. Like, you got a, a top to almost bottom... Like a really good like on paper matchup or just name matchup until you get to Baylor. And I'm I'm like I don't want to like being a Baylor apologist, but like they got hosed. Um Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> their their matchup is bad. The location is worse. They're they're the whole thing is just it's rocky. I don't I don't know what you can see from Baylor either, because they're 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 losing coordinators left and right. Well, they lost one. They may be losing their offensive coordinator. We'll see. Cheez-It um, Bowl. Michael, let's, let's, let's land there for a second. Because as the second non-New Year's Six Bowl, they had the audacity. The, the, the fortitude within their pants to drop down and take the ninth place Big 12 team. Because of the logo on their helmet in the fourth bowl game. Did Oklahoma really finish ninth? They were they were sorry, that that's being a little facetious. They were tied. Okay. Seven, eight, and nine were all tied at three and six in, in Big Twelve play. So Ooh. Kansas, Baylor, Oklahoma all finished six and six, three and six
1: in Big Twelve play. Well, what about West, 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 West Virginia was underneath them? And then Iowa State, right?
0: So I guess six, seven, eight.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh no, I'm I'm fine for piling on the Sooners whenever we get a chance. Uh, yeah, I don't get this at all. I am, I am slighted. I was I was really hoping for this bowl because this is the where food and sports clash at the goal line bowl. I mean, Jesus, this is this is our wheelhouse, man.
0: Not anymore. And I I'm
1: a Jesus no, well, band. Okay. I am, um, I, 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 can't do that. I can't, I have a problem. I, cheeses are delicious. They keep them in stock at our office. Every now and then you get one of those bags. that's extra toasted, even though it doesn't say it, it's just, you know, the guy that was running the oven that day just felt like really making somebody's day. And so you get that and you just you eat them by the handful and they're like in your beard. It's fantastic. But I will. I can't
0: because like I can't go to gold. open box on your face. Yeah. Oh well. You no. Know, just like like a box no. of cereal just pouring out of the box under your mouth.
1: I have at least caught one coworker who listens. So no, I'm not doing that. Um, just. He's <laughs> saying no because somebody's listening. That wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. But I will. I will not renounce cheese. It's I cannot. I, I am too I'm too far gone. Yes, goldfish is a fine substitute, but goldfish has a bad habit of tasting like the container in which it is contained. So sometimes you can get some goldfish that tastes a little extra plasticky or cardboardy or or whatever. But sure. cheez it's man, they deliver. Got that cheddar. Should have picked us in the bowl game though. Should have.
0: Um Texas is then selected in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. December 28th, 8 p.m. versus Ole Miss. What do you think about Great this? matchup.
1: You do? You like it? Well, I mean, it's intriguing.
0: Even though you've played not kn- like three times in the past 10 years?
1: I guess Well, it's but not Lane years. Kiffin. You haven't played Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss. Does that matter? Yeah, absolutely, it matters. They were just kind of, they were they weren't really doing much till he showed up. Am I right? Am I right in thinking that? Hotty toddy, flimmy flommy super doppy, what, whatever they say, I don't know. So, I was so they're that- gonna they're gonna wear some really really cool outfits, I guess. And
0: whoever's there is going to yell hotty toddy for the majority of the game. One of my big memories of of the Cotton Bowl when we played Ole Miss when Texas Tech, Tech played Ole Miss. Was just how loud Hotty Toddy was, and it was like constant, man. Yeah,
1: so yeah. Constant. It was. It was everywhere. That was the last bowl game I went to, so it's only appropriate that the next bowl game I go to is against the same team.
0: Are you Are you at all kind of dis not disgusted, but like just disinterested because you've played this game, you played this team in this stadium four years ago? No, it wasn't Lane Kiffin. It wasn't not even a Matt Wells team. It was, uh,
1: Kingsbury in his last year, but, um, to, to be honest, no, I'm pumped about this. Uh, I know that that's probably kind of the minority, but I'm really excited that want to get to go. It's in Houston. It's really going to work out for us as a family to go to Houston that week. And, um, No, I, it's a completely different Texas tech team. It's a completely different Ole Miss team from that time, you know, and and that was first game of the season versus last game of the season. It's a good quality opponent. It would be kind of interesting to beat the two flagship Mississippi teams back to back in bowl games.
0: Um, Sure. We missed state champs.
1: Yeah. I don't care that it's in Houston. You know, a lot of folks wanted a a more interesting or different location. I'm cool with it because, you know, guys, let's be, let's face it. This is the second bowl game Tech's been to in seven years. Yes, you know, two bowl games ago was in Houston, but that was 2015. And it's time to just not, you know, we still need to have expectations and everything, but I don't think we're in a position to turn our nose up at this bowl game or its location and tech fans travel, man. There's so many people that are going to be going to this game and a lot of Houston fans and stuff that didn't get a chance to see tech in their neck of the woods this year are going to get to go. So yeah, I mean if if it happened again next year or something or in the year or two after that, then I could see an argument for it, but I really like it. I like the matchup. I like that there was, there's a pretty good, group of tech fans that were kind of pie in the sky, thinking of or wanting Lane Kiffin back when the job was open. Um, so th- there's, there's enough ties there to definitely make it interesting to me.
0: All right. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk about the game uh, in more detail and de- depth one. We're going to do like a set the table a little bit later, but we're also going to do a, like an, a, our, our typical preview of the game here in a week or two. When things kind of settle down. Uh, next game up, AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Kansas, Arkansas, because the SEC is just ridiculous and uh drink wits from Missouri. After saying we, we're not scared of anybody, we'll play anybody. Ducked playing Kansas. Um there was there was a, a rant that I heard from our friend Rob talking about how ridiculous the SEC is to be in such a a seat of power to act so weak and afraid. They are one of the only conferences that will hand pick matchups and bowl games to try to better their their image, which is why you got matched up with like an eight and four LSU team yeah. with uh l- 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 Leonard Fournette the year that you couldn't stop the run. That, that was yeah. intentional or, you know, um, Sankey will, will allow teams like A&M to say, no, we're not, we're not playing a Texas team uh, in a bowl game or we're not, you know, Missouri is not going to play Kansas one. How freaking soft are you to be scared of Kansas? The SEC is scared of Kansas, Michael.
1: Well, I, I wonder this too. I mean, I'm surprised that Missouri has that much pull because they have done jack shit as an SEC member. I, I would I'm I guess Sankey does really protect his own, but I, I just kind of figure like if Missouri came to me with a request and I was in his position, I'd say, Okay, too bad. We think there will be a lot more people show up to Memphis if we send the Tigers there to face the Jayhawks, you know, it's, it's just going to be better, more eyeballs, more people Mm -hmm. showing up.
0: Great matchup, an old rivalry game. Sure. It's got a name
1: too. I don't know, I don't know if he's got blackmail on him or what, because if, if Missouri came to my door, I just like, yeah, too bad. Nope. I think this is going to be better, but it does. It is very telling when the Texas bowl released. um, I think it was at like, it wasn't an hour later, but it was 40 minutes later. You know, they had their initial tweet, you know, welcome Texas Tech to Houston. And then about 40 minutes later, welcome Ole Miss to Houston. So it it was obvious that they had cleared everything with the powers that be at Tech and the Big 12, but then still needed the final blessing of the Pharaohs over at the Southeastern Conference to know who that Tech was going to play. It was extremely obvious. But yeah, I think it was like 218 to 301 or something. That was the time frame. I may have my hours off, but I think the minutes are right, which is weird that that would be the thing I remember.
0: Yeah, because if you look at other teams within that same, I guess, realm of of where Ole Miss finished, they were four and four in conference play. They were eight and four on the season. Uh, Mississippi State was also four and four, eight and four. I can understand not getting matched up with Mississippi State again. That's fine. Sure. Uh, South Carolina. Eight and four, four and four. Uh, Kentucky was seven and five, three and five. Uh, the the conference record isn't the uh, the same as Texas Tech, but the overall record was was pretty was the same. I mean, was that you could have gone Florida even six and six, three and five.
1: Six yeah, and so two? Ole Miss. Let's see the the Texas Bowl official Twitter account. Yeah, December 4th, see you soon, Texas Tech football. That was at 2.18 p.m. And then nothing at all until 3.01 p.m.
0: Yeah, 40 Come
1: minutes. to the H, Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss, hotty toddy. So it's just like – it's just so bizarre that that wouldn't be released at the same time, but then you know why it wasn't because the SEC gets to – shuffle the deck however they want.
0: Do you know where, um, Mississippi state, South Carolina, all, all they were going in their bowl
1: games? No, no, I wanted to in Kentucky. I wanted to know about them too.
0: All right. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, every bowl eligible teams so Georgia, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Mississippi state, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Arkansas, Missouri, Florida, um, Florida is going to the Las Vegas bowl versus Oregon state. Missouri is going to the union home Gasparilla bowl versus wake forest, Arkansas versus Kansas, Ole Miss versus Texas tech, South Carolina and Notre Dame and the tax Gator bowl. Uh, who else were we thinking about? Kentucky is playing Kentucky. Iowa and the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl.
1: Ooh, sucks for them. What's the score of that game gonna be? What's the under? Take the under. Whatever it is, take okay. the under.
0: And then Mississippi State is playing Illinois in the Rallya Quest Bowl. Rallya quest? I don't know. Anyways. Relia quest. <laughs> sure. Enough SEC talk though, Michael. We got a couple more bowl games okay. to talk about for Texas the Texas tech or big 12 guaranteed rate bowl, Oklahoma state, Wisconsin, like on paper with the names, you're like, man, that's kind of a matchup. But then you're like, well, oh, Wisconsin doesn't have a head coach. <laughs> Oklahoma state doesn't really have a head coach with all the nonsensical, non just ass nine things. that he said, I don't know how they can keep him around when he talked about like actively going against the transfer portal. Uh, the comments yeah. he made during the season about like not using the analytics because it doesn't align with what he wanted to do I was like, that's kind of the point.
1: I think <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue with the rumor that, I, that I started that he really wanted the Auburn job and didn't get it. And so now he's just really checked out. <laughs> he's like and so Spencer about Sanders. It. Just... Yeah. Spencer Sanders, his four year starting quarterback saw the writing on the wall. I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend my fifth COVID year. Anywhere but here, which is so bizarre to me to have a guy come in and play that much for you, it's not like his son's gonna take over at that there. position yeah I, that was that was huge to me but but yeah they've they've had a lot of guys enter the portal, I mean a lot. and like everyone's like the joke everyone makes. Other coaches with teams entering their portal, it's very unstable and it's bad. But if our coaches have players entering the portal, it's it's good. You know, it's a good, healthy turnover of the roster. Churning the roster, baby. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You know, so we're we're doing what's best for the players. Um, I'm trying to, to look at it objectively.
0: Hey, speaking of, did, did you see that tweet by somebody that was obviously on the wrong account on their phone? Uh, took a shot. So when Donovan Smith announced he was going to the transfer portal or when it was announced, Donovan Smith was entering the transfer portal, a Texas fan took the, everything runs through Lubbock tweet or quote from Joe McGuire after he beat the Longhorns this season. And he, he rewrote and said something to the effect of like all the transfer portal out. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm butchering the quote. He's basically saying, the the road to the transfer portal is through Lubbock, right? Like all the players are going to be transferring out. Yeah. I was like, bro, we've had three kids hit the, hit the portal. Texas at that point had nine. Sure. So I was like, cope more, you loser.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it's not. I did see that because I, I because I I do think you're right. Too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're right, too, that it, it was kind of one of those inadvertent. Oh, yeah. I forgot to log out. Because I forgot e- to switch accounts.
0: Everything else on that account, like nothing else, is college football related. It's very it's like, like
1: Texas tourism almost or something. Yeah, I don't want to say the name of the account okay. because, but but it, it wasn't it well, wasn't it, that. Yeah, it was it Texas wasn't Texas tourism, tourism but it was, well, it was it was related like, uh, to it.
0: That and like
1: politics. Oh, maybe so. Like, More like reporting though. Like yeah, yeah. Legislation. What you know? What the what the legislation voted on today that sort of thing but
0: (laughs) then all of a sudden he's that man is in charge of two twitter accounts and he he messed that one up oops all right last one Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl Baylor taking on Air Force in a lose 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 matchup 22nd 630 so this is the one non power five matchup Baylor like I'm that It's rough. They have to play on the home field of their bitter rival. That game is played at Amon G Carter in Fort Worth. I mean, how have,
1: I mean, one, support the troops always. Two, how have, how is anyone looking at this going, oh yeah, we got this right. We got this pecking order right. Because I think the way the season ended for Oklahoma state or just OU being where they are a period, they should have gotten the armed farce armed forces, sorry, armed forces bowl. That was kind of a tongue twister as opposed to uh, Baylor getting in. The, I mean, I, I think Baylor versus Con- Wisconsin is a better game. Um, You know, everything would kind of shift up a little bit in that scenario where if OU played Air Force or Oklahoma State played Air Force or something. But yeah, Baylor versus Wisconsin would be a lot better game in my mind. I'm not seeing the thought process that led to that point. But I just think the Cheez-It guys just kind of, they screwed everything up and and forced people to kind of scramble and and maybe shift things around that they may not have done. But yeah, if I were Baylor, I'd be a little hacked off that you got the the least coveted bowl available while Oklahoma gets to go to Orlando and you know play in a quote-unquote higher tier bowl even though the payouts are all the payouts are all, once you divide it by the number of schools and everything, it's, and who cares? We're not seeing the money. How much, how much bull payout are you getting from Cheez It, Spencer, if, if tech went to Orlando?
0: I get half. You get half? I get half. <laughs> and I'll take it. I would, I would have taken all in <laughs> Cheez Its too.
1: Oh man, me too.
0: Toasted. So, Okay, did, did Baylor finish with a better conference record than, than Oklahoma? Did they go four and five?
1: I'm going to go look. I'm going to go that look would, because that I would feel like I should know this.
0: Even be more reason for Baylor to be upset about what the It Bowl did because they took a team that was even worse in conference play.
1: Uh, Baylor, let's see, conference. Yeah, they did. Baylor went four and five in conference. Oklahoma was three and six. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Hate that for you, Baylor. I mean, I I, I do and I don't care, but uh, I just manufactured matchups. And I, again, like, I don't know what kind of role like Brett Yormark has in this. And, I, and Rob had the, 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 he had an interview with the executive director of the bowl system. And he's talking about how very straightforward the big 12 was and that other conferences like to meddle with the, the matchups. But basically... For the big 12, what would happen is like the bowl game would come up. They would go get that team that finished in that, that, um, and that standing in the conference and just move, move on. He said, I mean, it's, it's, it's unlikely like like if they were to, 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 to jump on anybody, but they would go like maybe one or two spots. Right. If it wasn't to be like straight, um, and, and then they go and take like a team that, you know, Legitimately, in conference standings, behind three other teams.
1: Just because. Yeah. Just because.
0: Anyways, so that's the Big 12 slate of bowl games. Um, again, I'm not a Big 12 rah rah guy. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think it's cool that we got seven of our eight matchups against power five opponents. So you don't get, um, you don't get like weird just very dull, un uninteresting matchups, at least this year. Um, I mean, I'm not watching Baylor, I'm not watching a lot of these games, let's be honest. But um anyways, we'll we'll have our, our our bowl game preview more in depth look at Texas Tech Ole Miss a little bit later. Let's do a let's do a roster update real quick, Michael. Because we were talking about how I don't want to talk about I don't want to get into previewing these games too much. Because we just don't know where everybody's at, but at least for Texas Tech, uh, I want to start with the guys that have run out of their eligibility and they will not be back for the twenty twenty three season, um, regardless of all the the waivers and stuff, unless something magic, magical happens and they write some kind of new uh, legislature in there. Krishan Merriweather, Chidarius Townsend, Muddy Waters, Dimitri Moore, Kayon, Blankenbaker, and Vidal Scott are all. Uh, looking at their final games with the Red Raiders this uh, this month. I can say that now because we're, we're in December now. Um, so far, there have been four guys that have announced that they plan to leave uh, before their eligibility is up to pursue playing professionally, and that is Trey Wolf. Tyree Wilson, obviously, after he went down a couple weeks ago, we, we kind of had that thought. Sir Roderick Thompson, and then offensive lineman Weston Wright, so far, there have been uh, three official guys in the transfer portal. Um, quarterback Donovan Smith and then linebackers Tavares Elston, who never really uh, made an impact on the roster this year, or, nor did Derek Lewis, but they have both entered. Um, heard today at lunch, Michael, that we could be in, in for quite a few more names to hit, at least from Texas Tech. Um, and that would be more from the Matt Wells side of the roster, especially mm, the, the, okay. the younger guys. Um, so just be aware that uh, there may be more coming, and it's not necessarily
1: a bad thing. Um, I, I want to talk. Of about, course not, because it's our team. It's our team. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's good.
0: I mean, Joey McGuire can do no wrong. I, I'm a, I'm a little. I don't love the Donovan Smith and the portal thing. I don't disagree with it. I mean, I I obviously, you know, he has been a starting quarterback here for Texas Tech. He can go play starting quarterback somewhere else. Uh, It's not up to him or it's not, you know, he's not forced to take the role that uh, Kitley was trying to to create for him as a non-starter. He doesn't have to accept that. Uh, He can go try to be a starter somewhere else. And I I absolutely support him to try to to do that. I hate it for Texas Tech because I think um, a quarterback room with Baron Morton and Donovan Smith and to continue to see what uh, Kitley could do with Donovan Smith in the red zone or just as a backup because we saw it this year all three quarterbacks missed time due due to health concerns. Um, I don't expect Shuck to be here next year. So what that leaves you with is Without a transfer, you're going to have Baron Morton and true freshman Jake Strong.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of reminds you of of how things were when Wells first got here. It was just such a thin quarterback room because uh, Matt is- McIver was was hurt all the time. No, you know, no fault of his own, obviously, but it was like Bowman and Duffy, and that's it and then Bowman would get hurt. Um, so it, it just it just kind of reminds you of going back to that, unless there's some maybe, you know, if Shuck sticks around, I, I would be very surprised. I think the kind of consensus there is he may want another game on tape to before going into the pros or, or you know, taking a shot at it. That's just kind of some speculation out there because I, I, f- I think that was his goal here was to be showcased and, and try to make the pros. And of course those injuries really sidelined him. And, and he's kind of in a unique position where he w- may want to look at the pros as soon as this April, but needs to play in the bowl game to sh- have more uh you know, more of a body of work as opposed to, well, you know, I don't want to play in the bowl game cause I don't want to get hurt. Like, well, no, I need to, because then you know, I, I just need to, for people to see me play and and to see what I can do. But yeah, losing Smith, that's hard. That hurts. You know, we talked about it last week, felt like it was headed towards that hybrid position. He was playing already. I didn't know if he was going to get handed the keys to the offense as QB one again. And I can really, truly and honestly see why that would not sit well with a guy who played a lot of games as QB one over his two years, um, you know, here really in the roster. Mm-hmm. So I, I could really see that. Um, and, and possibly in an offense where he wasn't going to be asked to throw so much, I still am boggled at how much he was asked to throw during that middle stretch of the season. He almost threw more than um, Morton and Shuck combined or something. It was crazy. He threw like 300 times in those games. So I'm, uh, you know, I think he can really find success in an offense that knows how to utilize him. But man, I'm going to miss him because I wasn't he a captain too? Mm -hmm. He was. So he was a leader off the field. uh, Obviously, a leader on the field, showed what his talents were, caught a touchdown pass, ran in several, threw several. I mean, the guy just really uh, uh played hard so yeah he will be someone that I'll, I'll try to keep up with and see where he where he lands and 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 truly hope the best for him but yeah like you said don't want him to go but completely understand why he did yeah and then that opens up the other question does that mean he's available could he possibly be on the sidelines
0: I would think in he Houston would be, still with the team um sure because I, I, well, I, I don't know. I don't know the the health of of uh, Morton. I would expect if it was a re-aggravation of his ankle injury by that by the bowl game rolling around, he shouldn't be back to full strength again or close at least. I don't know. It's been a long time. Um. So I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would think he would still be available, but also. Uh, if you're not committed to the team, I, I can also see where they be like, "Hey, thanks for, for your your work. Um, good luck. Go have a good holiday season, and you know whatever. Yeah. Just just say your your goodbyes now. So I don't know. I don't know how that works out with with uh, the staff and with the uh, the quarterback room situation, but I guess we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, a couple of guys that we're waiting to hear on. We did hear today. A couple of guys I think we're all really excited about. They announced they're coming back. The interior defensive lineman, Tony Bradford, Jalen Hutchings, back to back. That was obviously coordinated effort between pre- between the two of them to announce they're coming back together next two season. And I absolutely love that.
1: Huge, huge get. Huge, huge get to keep those guys around and the experience they bring, the tenacity they bring to the position. And just the the brotherhood that you kind of alluded to there, even between the two of them, I, I just I love it. I'm I'm really excited that they're coming back. Possibly, I would say maybe the most underrated position group on the team last year. Would you say that? Would you agree with that? Because I, I yeah I feel like the running backs, rightfully so, got a lot of attention. Um, we talked about and the, the the linebackers and defensive backs. The linebackers, yeah. And, you know, Wilson kind of got a lot of the attention from the defensive line, and then that kind of went away a little bit once he got hurt. But I just still – I think they were um, essential to what Tech's defense was able to do.
0: Oh, for sure. And then Bryce Ramirez, uh, we've, we've not heard from him a whole lot on Twitter, did tweet out, run it back today with a lot of uh, – Tough dude, man <laughs> teammates that were celebrating that, so uh, um I mean obviously you want to read into that, I think that would indicate that he's expecting to be able to come back and play after his leg injury versus NC state um, which is great' Because at the time that he went down, it was you know he was starting to to find his role uh and and contribute to the defense in a very meaningful way, so we'd love to get him back. then a handful of guys were still waiting on to hear. Tyler Shuck, uh, I think we're one after the comments after the game, uh, against Oklahoma and just everything that we've, we know about him and and his, his career aspirations. Uh, I would not expect him to be back for the 2023 season. We just haven't heard officially yet. Uh, McGuire essentially said it's either coming back or he's, you know, he's making a decision for the NFL. It wasn't going to be like a transfer, um, and then these four guys, I don't know, like I haven't heard officially uh, from any of them. I've heard leans, but uh, all defensive backs, well, three defensive backs and a linebacker. Adrian Fry, although I, would, I thought he was out of eligibility at this point. He may have been here seven years. Um, Adrian Fry may still be may still have some eligibility. Uh, linebacker Kosai Eldridge could come back. Rashad Williams and Malik Dunlap. Also have at least one year of eligibility each they could come back um, and then Michael it's not on the on this list, but did you see or hear about uh rabbit Danering Taylor demerson I have not i I think he may be coming back, but I haven't like I said well, I, haven't, I haven't officially heard that yet either
1: no i I hope so i but no I have not seen uh, anything one way or the other on him.
0: So obviously a lot of those guys and their decisions are going to help us kind of feel out what the game uh, against the rebels will look like, but just high level from, from the, the way the season has gone so far, we're going to look at Texas tech offense versus Ole Miss defense and just look at their ranks uh, more so than like any official stats. We'll start with the off the Texas tech offense. Um, the biggest matchup, this is something that uh, Michael was was talking about at lunch today. Uh, we, we,
1: we had a, we had a, a lunch meeting. A meeting of the minds.
0: We did with uh, a gaucho and a dugout podcasting what? individual. Yes. I don't want to give their names. Obviously, they're they, gambling gauchos and renter right dugout. Uh, you were looking at the red zone efficiencies on, on both sides. So tell us how what that matchup looks like.
1: Yeah, it, I think this is something that we'll play into Tech's favor, hopefully. And we'll, we'll try to dive into this a little bit more and see what we can uh dig up to back it up but you know the defensive rank Texas Tech is ninth on defense in red zone efficiency which is great while Mississippi oh, I was about to say Mississippi State Ole Miss for some reason is ninety eighth in red zone efficiency on offense so hopefully that's a matchup that'll play out for tech and then uh pretty much the vice versa effect there when tech's on offense tech is seventh in red zone efficiency well, Ole Miss's defense is one nineteen. So this this game could really be won or lost within those final twenty yards. Um and that's something we'll we'll kinda want to keep an eye on too. Yeah, the uh the rushing yards for the
0: Olmis offense is a little troubling. Uh they are third in the country in terms of rushing yards per game, only behind two service academies, which throw it a hand like two, three times a game, and then there's Ole Miss um, against, you know, our 89th ranked rush defense. Um, So that's always going to be a a big matchup to keep your eye on. Um, And then there's something else I had, but I'm, I'm blanking on it. Oh, it's the, um, when Texas Tech is on offense, sacks allowed versus the Ole Miss defense. Um, Texas Tech is 113th in the country and sacks allowed, which is, you know, we, we, we talked about that a lot this year. Ole Miss is 27th in the country and sacking the opposing quarterback. So need to, to shore up some offensive line issues to be able to face that front and to keep Shuck on his feet.
1: Yeah, one, one other thing sort of related to that, offense Texas tech is 114th on turnovers and Ole Miss defense is 61st on turnovers. So that got to be careful with the ball against this defense. They'll, they'll get you. Yeah.
0: So we'll do a, a, our normal preview of the, the game as we get closer again, I don't know how much we'll be able to, to, to parse out uh, whether or not, you know, players that have opted out how much they, they affected it, but, I mean, as we got to the game day last year against uh, Mississippi State, we found out like basically their entire offensive line was going to miss the game. Uh, that was a huge swing uh, in your favor, but um, if Zach Evans doesn't play for Ole Miss, I mean that that could be a huge blow to their rushing offense.
1: Um, Which history proves could be possible.
0: He did. He did take a, you know this second half off when he last played to Texas tech. I yeah. Granted his team was up a bunch at that point, but. Oh
1: yeah. But that's t- don't have to say that all that. All
0: right. All right. So uh, let's, let's talk basketball since we've got a game tomorrow night. Texas tech does uh, against. Uh, Nichols. Gosh, I was like going through the notes. It's like, I don't see it on the list where the game is. So Texas tech has a game tomorrow night. Um, let's talk about basketball. Let's talk about the Georgetown game. That was last week. And then preview the upcoming games, kind of see, uh give you updates on where everything is at with the stats. So with that, let's talk basketball, Michael. Here comes Stevenson. spins Out oh! oh! and a quick by the Ooh! freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of
1: Over in the line Owens.
0: now. The shot clock is at three. Moody spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready double into two oh, puts it down. Already. pro Trows it in. Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good. Culver
1: got the separation. Oh.
0: I don't know what got me into watching basketball highlights the other day, Michael, but it was from the March madness YouTube account. And it was like the tournament highlights for Texas tech from that 2018 season, 2018, 2019. And I was like, maybe now with some like time to reflect and see the, the teams since then was like that team was damn good. Obviously, yeah. if you're going to play for a national title, but like we, we talk about some of the, 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 deficiencies the teams have had since like he's just like all of them were addressed. Like you, like you were good outside shooters. You had uh, Matt Mooney, uh, Davide Moretti, Brandon Francis, all could just bury shots from deep. You had inside presence. You could get the easy buckets, uh, lobs to, to Tariq. Odiasse was, was imposing on the inside as well. Culver could absolutely take games over. Um, like he, he wasn't the guy that you needed like every night to be that guy, but he absolutely could. And then there were moments in the tournament where you're just like, Culver is that guy.
1: He's that. Dude. Yeah. Uh, and I was and like, they held every tournament team to what? 40 something points
0: <laughs> that Michigan Maybe. and that, the, the Michigan and Michigan state games was back to back, uh, to get you into the, the, the title game, man, you you're just, your defense was just brutally effective and just shutting down the opposing team. Yeah. Uh, and then you got up against Gonzaga. Um, who was just an offensive juggernaut? They still, they they are, they still are. Um, not Gonzaga, sorry, Virginia. You got down to Virginia. Uh, Gonzaga was a close game, but it was a Virginia that got out to the lead on you. Um, oh, I forgot. Like you took the lead in that game with like fifty seconds to go. Let's. I won't talk about it.
1: Yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> It's too far. It's too far. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Stop yourself.
0: All right. So you played seven games so far this season. You are five and two so far. You've got uh, a handful of games left before you get into conference play. That'll be on new year's Eve. Um, I've decided because uh, someone whose opinion on basketball, I highly regard says that he likes to look at the Tvork rankings or Torvik rankings. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to start including the T rank uh ratings as well our uh third gambling gaucho ryan mainman money mainville <laughs> whatever we want to call him uh he's a he's a t-rank man um we're going to look at ken pom metrics and t-rank as we continue to look at just as another data point ken Palm as you as the 29th overall team these are all all really close together overall ken Palm is at 29 metrics, 28 t-rank has you 25 um Offensively, Ken Palm has you 49th. You, you slid a little bit. You were 43rd. Uh, a lot of that, I think, has to do with this last game, uh, obviously, because it changed that, that much from game one. Your opponent's defense after one game went from 160th to 200th. So playing Georgetown did not help <laughs> that. Your defense slid one spot in Ken Palm from 18th to 19th. Haslametrics has you offense at 48th. Quite a bit, quite a slide from 35th the week before. Also, Haslametrics is, uh, is starting to doubt your defense. Last week had you at 13th. You dropped to 23rd. T-rank, 74th in offense, 10th in defense. Um, so, one, when we talk about the the Georgetown game, um, Michael, I, I don't know if this is just like my, my ignorance with just the NBA in general and just some of those guys. Um, like I, I knew who Patrick Ewing was and it wasn't like I knew him because of the movie space jam, the movie, S- S- what movie? S- space jam. <laughs> um, I, I, I knew him as a basketball player before, before that. Um, and it was like one of those yes. fir- first things were like, Oh, like it's an athlete in a movie. Like there's a crossover there. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, I didn't realize that he was a head coach at Georgetown. Uh, so there, there's, there's a cool moment there where like a guy that I grew up watching play very high level basketball. Like as I was getting into the sport as a young man was in my favorite team's arena. I was like, that's, that's really cool. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I I just, just the ignorance of my part. I had no idea he was a head coach. At His
1: Georgetown. sixth season, man. You had no idea that he was, Mm-mm. he was the coach. I think it's his Dude, sixth season, I don't know. We
0: even got a transfer from Georgetown while he was a head coach there.
1: Well, and I remember last year I forgot what it he kind of made the the Twitter sphere last year because I think he, he was playing at Madison Square Garden, <laughs> which of course is where the Knicks played. Mm-hmm. And they asked him for ID or something. Like he he had to prove that he was he had to have his id badge or something to get into the garden which is really bizarre so i remember seeing that making the rounds last year uh and i thought that was kind of funny but i think he didn't i don't think he thought that was funny at all i, I don't think he would but um, uh but yeah i remember watching a bunch of those a bunch of those games i was really into the nba in the 90s uh and that was you got to see the Knicks a lot because they were pretty good um with with Ewing and uh, uh, Starns, I think, I think Starns the other guy, I'm sorry. That was like 30 years ago. I can't remember everything, but yeah, they were in the playoffs a lot. They had some good battles with Jordan's bulls and um, you know, the Pacers, they had some really good series. So they would, they would end up on TV even, even where I grew up. So um, yeah, I, I feel you. Like it, it, it was interesting to think that he was just there. And it's just always I don't care how old I get, uh seeing a seven foot plus human being in person is still just an amazing thing. <laughs> I mean Fardaz, you know, or you know, Bacho or mean any of those guys. I know Bacho's listed at six eleven, but all right, come on. I don't know if that's like a Kevin Durant thing where they don't want to list him at seven feet, um, but yeah, he's pretty darn tall. So anyway, I, I'm just always in awe of of very tall persons. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting thought, but but yeah, this game uh, it was kind of rough. Did there was a stretch? Did uh,
0: there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tech Tech wins this game seventy nine, sixty five, and it was a projected from Hazemetrics seventy eight to fifty nine. So it wasn't that far off. I mean, Haslametrics had it pegged pretty close for your offensive output, 79 versus 78. And then you gave up six more points, but there was a, there was a stretch there, Michael. (laughs) And the the second half where uh, Georgetown, where was it? It was. Well, they started chipping away at the leads. It was about 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, when when, when the run officially started, it was a, They hit a a layup with 10.07 left at that point was a 62.45 game. So you were up uh, 17. You were up 20, not even that long. You know, know, that's only three points. But you had gotten up 20, uh, 21, 23. You're up 23 at one point. Uh, 56.33 with 13.43 left. Um, And then they went on this run, Michael, that had it – not been Georgetown. I don't mean to like hammer this because they're 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 not a great team. Had you given up this kind of run to basically anybody else, like you would have lost this game and it would have been bad. Um ten oh seven, they started their their run sixty-two forty-five. Um and they got it to sixty-two sixty-one.
1: So yeah, and it was sixty-two forty-three before that. So it was an eighteen to nothing. Run, which Tech had its own run in the first half—a 16-0 run—in in the first half. And so, uh, yeah, I know that the the score prediction ended up being really close, but I don't know if anyone expected Tech's 16-0 run to be followed up with a a 0-18 run. And
0: in the second it, half, bef- they 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 Georgetown were able to do that 18-point run in just over four minutes.
1: They they snuck it out quick and then, I, I mean, luckily Isaacs hit that jumper. Uh, that crazy jump! It, it was. It's we just... saw a ball go in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Bacho had a dunk that 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 took us over. You know, Banner hit some good free throws to get it going, and then really it just kind of turned into Davion Harmon taking over in more ways than one. I, I felt like Harmon was the emotional leader on the team. I think we'd kind of seen that before because I I really am guilty of of not fully understanding who these players are until I watched them in some games in a tech uniform. And so, Harmon, it was obvious to me that, okay, this guy's a senior too. You know, d- just... I was worried about the quote-unquote lack of leadership or something uh, going into this season, but that doesn't mean that the guy that came in from the transfer portal who's played meaningful basketball for three full seasons, can't be a leader on a new team. And and I think that's what we saw. I mean, we'd seen that in a previous game, um, but we definitely saw that last week and and he just took over and scored. I think he had five free throw. No. Yeah. Five free throws and a, and a layup. He scored tech's last seven points and and just really put the game away and, and got it out of, Georgetown's hands, but I my guy is having a really rough year from the three point line though. Um <laughs> it it's kind of I caught myself like, man, Harmon needs to quit. He he's gotta stop shooting threes. That's not his thing. And I thought, well, let me let me look it up before I completely put my foot in my mouth. And and yeah, I was I was kind of going to because historically his first season in uh in college he shot 34% his second season 33 last season he shot almost 37% from 3 um but this year unfortunately he's he's only 4 of 18 he's at 22% so i'm going to walk that back and just say okay keep shooting they'll yeah. start falling eventually <laughs> cuz at first i thought man why does why does he keep shooting these he's obviously not making you know enough of them to keep going but then you look at statistically like, no, he's really pretty good. He's just not good right now. And hopefully that'll, that'll turn around a little bit, but man, his leadership on the court was, I mean, you could see that from space, just what he was able to do uh, and how he was able to kind of help will that uh, that turnaround and kind of snap everybody awake again. And then just kind of take the game over himself, getting, getting to the line, you know, getting to the bucket, uh just really impressed with with what I was able to see on that just got to get those threes to start falling and he will he will i'm i'm going to am going to uh you know <laughs> not get too uh fired up about that
0: yeah so it talking about the the spark he was able to provide Texas Tech after having that 18-0 run they they went on a 17-4 run to to finish out the game so last yeah. almost 6 minutes again 546 Texas Tech 17-4 you mentioned Harmon had the last seven of text points. Um, and if if he does get to that, even if it's like 37% three from where he's at now, 22, he's gonna have to ha- like have a monster yeah. shooting spree. Like, yeah, I welcome that. Let's go.
1: Yeah. I mean the, the odds will play out eventually. Maybe he'll have a monster January. That that's perfect timing. Maybe he'll shoot 50% from three in January and we'll just all forget we ever had this conversation uh but yeah i mean i to not to knock O'Banner that much or anything i mean he he was a leader in those last few minutes too got to the got to the line mm-hmm. made his free throws he made 4 of them but man bacho the guy is bacho that guy 15 points 7 of 9 shooting including a absolute rainbow of a three that couldn't have hit the center of the bucket any more cleanly in the bottom of the net. I mean, just a gorgeous three pointer, a double, double 13 boards too. On top of it all. Yep. I I mean, I'm still, I'm still dumbfounded by what he's able to do and how he's able to uh, run the floor. Um, I think he would, he almost had a fast break at one point. I kind of forget it's been a week since that game. So I kind of forget what happened, but Uh, he did have, um, two assists even, I mean, he's, he's really been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, Tyson with 18 points had a great night, especially from three, he was four of five. I mean, really, really on, on fire that night. So, um, hopefully that'll be a good option to go to, uh, from there as well. But, um. You know, Davion Harmon, 18 points again, like we mentioned. Yeah, sure, they weren't falling from three. It was one for four, but he was a catalyst that snapped Tech out of it and <laughs> got Georgetown out of there with a with a loss.
0: Yeah, so your five starters on the on the night, Michael, all five were in double-figure scoring. O'Banner with 11, uh, Isaacs with 10, Boccia with 15, and then Tyson and Harmon both had 18. What's interesting behind that... Um, and it's something that that Mainville touched on is just like the rotation behind the starters, right? Um I don't know if it's a we're we're trying to figure things out or we're we're giving guys opportunities. Uh, because at the beginning of the season it looked like Kerrin Walton Kerwin Walton was your your sixth man. Um, but there have been times when it looks like they're they're trying out different guys into that role. Like they're kind of manufacturing the sixth man um because in this game against George it's Demarion Williams that played the most minutes yeah. non-starter 16 yeah. and 6 points. Only one other non-starter scored a point it was Elijah Fisher he hit a free throw. Um he just had one. So all your points except for the 6 points from Demarion Williams and the 1 point from Elijah Fisher came from your starters. Um at times it felt like like I said it was Kerwin Walton um Robert Jennings has had that kind of look at sometimes Lamar Washington
1: yeah. I was about to say Washington's been in that six man rotation, a game or two.
0: So I don't know if, if they're, if they're like trying to see who that guy is, um, or if they're just kind of flexing out their 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 starting rotation. Like, okay, we're going to give this guy a, a, a night off or we're going to go out with a matchup and say, you know, this player and their style fits against what we want to do better against this team. But, uh, the, the minutes past the starters has been an interesting thing to follow. Um, so we'll see how that goes uh, a little bit tomorrow night when Texas tech hosts Nichols. Uh, if you look at Haslametrics, which has been fairly, fairly accurate to this point in the season, Texas tech is projected a 22 point favorite 80 to 58 tomorrow. This is the uh, number one ninety-four team. According to Haslametrics, that'll be Wednesday night, 7 PM on ESPN plus. that will be obviously here in Lubbock. Um, the following game after that will be next Tuesday night. We'll have uh, the game will probably be wrapping up or just wrapped up as we hit record, so it'll be an instant reaction of sorts after Texas Tech takes on number two ten Eastern Washington, a twenty point projected win for texas tech seventy seven to fifty seven. Mm-hmm. And so we'll we'll get you to that point. Um, talk about the Nichols game and then the game against Eastern Washington next week. And maybe it's because of the the video I I watched recently. I was just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to talk myself into reasonable expectations of this team, Michael. Uh, And from what I've seen, um, I'm just, I'm I'm having a hard time buying in that this is a, uh, this is not a first weekend exit team in the tournament.
1: Yeah. I'm going to walk back a little, yeah, I'm going to walk back a little bit what I said last week, because it was before the Georgetown game, and I kind of, I, I was still thinking they would finish in the, you know, fourth, fifth place, top half of the Big 12 kind of thing, make the tournament. Um, it just kind of felt like, yeah, that's that's what's going to happen, but then I saw what happened against Georgetown, and I don't know if I want to call it a collapse or not, but... I mean, the the shooting went from I think 58% in the first half to 42 in the second half. They allowed that crazy run, and this is supposed to be a really defensively talented team. And at home, they allowed an 18-0 run, uh, got the game within one when they were ahead at the start of the you you know just a few minutes into the second half. They were ahead by 23, and they never gave up the lead, but. They very, you know, very nearly did. Um, I, I just. that They had trouble breaking a press. Uh, I, the turnovers, I mean, the turnovers weren't even that bad. First half, I think they had 10 and second half they had nine. I, OK, that's not it's not good numbers, but it's not like they turned the ball over twice as much during that. Um, uh, that 18-0 run there, but. I'm with you. Uh, That game really, I don't want to say scared me because the stakes aren't that high. I'm not going to like be scared, (laughs) but it it showed a lot of holes in, in this team. And I do think I am kind of adjusting my expectations a little bit. I still see a lot of great glimpses on offense, you know, Bacho uh, Tyson, like we mentioned really had a great night. Uh, You know, the way Harmon can take over a game when we need him to, Mm -hmm. So there are sparks there. Uh, you know, Isaacs has a great shot. O'Banner has a good shot when he gets going. And if he's uh, it, it, he's just those surprise reverse dunks, it always surprises me when when he does it. You just kind of forget how tall and, and um, athletic he is. And then all of a sudden he's slammed a reverse dunk. But I am worried. I am way more worried after watching that Georgetown game trying not to be a chicken little too much or a pink Raider, but I think the only hope is that the big 12 just may not be as strong this year. And that may help tech tech a little bit, but if they make it to the tournament, um, they're not going to get very far based off what we've seen, especially these last several games. Um, but who knows Dawes could come back, provide a spark, help things out or it could be a chemistry issue. It could be, you know, it could be a few games to get him into game shape and get the team used to him. And, you know, just there could be some growing pains there, too. But I'm with you, man. That Georgetown game. Uh, yes, they had some good players. I think they had that one transfer from was he from Louisiana State? Where was he from? I forget that. I can't remember. But yeah, I think uh, so.
0: I think so. I think that one guy from LSU.
1: I think so. Um I mean they they did have some good players and were able to do some uh do some damage. But just when you when you get up that high of a lead, you can't you can't give it up at home. No. To any to any team.
0: So let's look we around the Big 12 tonight and then we'll go back and look at scores from the rest of the week. Uh they had the Big 12 had 6 teams in action tonight, five victories on the board. The lone loss came with Texas losing their first game of the season, 85 to 78 to the fighting Illini of Illinois with two former big 12 players on that team. Tarrant Shannon and Matthew Mayer from Baylor are both on the Illini squad that took out Texas tonight, but Tarleton, uh, sorry, Baylor defeated Tarleton 80 to 57 TCU took down Jackson state. So you'll obviously both those teams are on your schedule here in the next few weeks. TCU winning 78 51 Oklahoma took out Kansas city 75 53 Kansas state (laughs) purple wildcats uh, against purple wildcats. Kansas state took down Abilene Christian 81 64. I'm sure you, you love to see that Michael with your, I love a state and hatred for Evelyn Christian.
1: It was great. It was a perfect culmination, but I, I was keeping my eye on that one. Cause at halftime, Kansas state was only up by one and then they outscored them 46 to 30 in the second half. So Yikes. there you go.
0: And then uh, Oklahoma state Cowboys took out Sam Houston state 65 51.
1: Before yeah, that- some other, yeah, oh ahead. sorry, some 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 other notable games from Big 12 just kind of covering last week. Uh Kansas State did lose to Butler, 76-64 on Wednesday. TCU beat Providence 75 to 62 same day. Um Oklahoma State lost to UConn, who I believe was ranked number 8 at the time, 74 to 64. Of course, Texas beat Creighton. On Thursday, seventy-two to sixty-seven, you know, Creighton just went through such a stretch where they were unable to hit a three. I think for the longest time, and then they started hitting some at the end, but it was just a little bit too late. So Texas held on, and as Spencer mentioned, didn't lose till until tonight. Baylor, after getting beaten by Marquette last week on Friday, they took down Gonzaga 64 to 63. Then on Saturday a lot of pretty good games. Uh OU lost a close one to Villanova 66 to 70. West Virginia lost to Xavier 74-84 and Kansas State beat in-state rival Wichita State 55 to 50. So Shocker. all pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> all pretty close games there. And then Iowa State went on to beat St. John's on Sunday 71 to 60. So there You know, a lot of losses there. I mean, out of all the games I mentioned, half of them, let's see, there were four losses and four wins that I kind of felt that were worth mentioning. So even in a year where Tech's team looks like it has some holes uh, on defense and offense, the whole big, the entire Big 12 might. So I, I think we're kind of, we might do better than we think we should. Because uh, you know, if, if West Virginia is losing, to, I know Xavier's one of those programs, but you probably shouldn't really lose by ten to Xavier if you're West Virginia. Uh, I, I just, I just think there's a you know, Kansas State shouldn't lose by a twelve to Butler. So I think there's some room there for Tech to still make a statement in the Big Twelve. We'll just see how strong the the league is once everybody starts beating each other up for 40 minutes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Michael, I I did something I haven't done in a long time. So I sent out a tweet for questions. Oh, good. So let's, let's get there before we wrap up with what we learned. So let's do questions first.
1: Now. Are
0: these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it! who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so I asked people to weigh in uh, on the bowl game and the basketball season. Or holiday foods and snacks. You know what the what we got, Michael? <laughs> holiday foods and snacks. So, yeah, we uh, did. <laughs> I mean, it's it's on it's on, on on brand, right? Um, so let's start with Alan. Alan said, "Uh, the Hickory Farms sausage and cheese boxes are a staple in my home each year."
1: It's great, man. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, any it, Hickory Farms, yes, but I welcome any and all brands. They're just they all have something to offer. And it's it's always such a treat to be at 9.30, you're looking at your fridge. What am I gonna eat? Oh yeah. There's some crackers and some summer sausage. <laughs> Perfect. Let's let's Love knock it. that out.
0: Um Mateo Nomeo, take a small bite and dunk that hoe. He's talking about white fudge covered Oreos. So take a small bite, and dunk that hoe in some milk, minimum 15 seconds. Boy. I'll Man. try this because I, I I'm, I'm, I'm an Oreo dip into milk person myself. I don't want it like soggy. I want it softened a little bit, just, you know, a couple seconds maybe, but uh, the white fudge covered and then get that nice and uh, dipped. Let me try that.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I like the, the tip of getting the small bite so that it penetrates the cookie a little bit. You get some, You get some milk absorption in that cookie. It's nice. And it's probably going to make that milk taste pretty good too later.
0: And then uh, you weighed in, Michael. I sure did. And I, I, again, if anybody needed some evidence on on how to cancel Michael, this next point (laughs) is your next bit of ammunition. Michael, what did you say? I said,
1: fruitcake is good and should be cherished. No, this okay no. full disclosure this is this is a very new concept to me and we're talking maybe 10 days because someone sent my mother-in-law some um fruitcakes from Collins Street Bakery which is in Corsicana the world famous one and, that
0: everybody gets a fruitcake of and they have the yeah the box I, everybody knows the box
1: yeah and the guy that embezzled 17 million from them a few years ago that made the news and all that. So anyway, they're they're well known. This is kind of their thing. And so my mother-in-law got sent these. They're called petites. And so if you could picture basically sausage ball size and shaped little fruitcake bites that are then covered in a delicious glaze. And so she got sent these because... I think they thought she liked fruitcake, and she really doesn't. And so she asked me, "Well, do you like fruitcake?" And it was kind of one of those loaded questions. Or and I was like, "Well, I don't not like fruitcake." Say, "Well, I've got these. It's I've got right. these here. You know, <laughs> not really. Yeah, fruit. <laughs> maybe. You can, yeah." She said, "Well, maybe you can take them to your office or something." And I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, okay, sure." And I try one, and I was like, "Okay, this is really good." And I I, I ended up still taking well, not as many because I ate a lot of them. But I still took quite a bit to the office just so I would quit eating them. But they're just – they're called Petites from Collins Street. They've converted me, Spencer. They, they're they just like a sausage ball fruitcake, just a little mini one. It's got the perfect texture you want. It's like two bites. Excellent. And I, I may I may start ordering them from <laughs> oh, no. from them from now on. And then and then right after I did that, someone sent our office a full fruitcake from Collins Street in the tin and everything. And I had a piece of it today and I really enjoyed it. But I will admit, the little petite, the little bite, that was where it was at. That's just the exact amount you want. Get you a little coffee. Yeah. Fruitcake, man, it's coming back. I'm bringing it back. <gasps> Who's coming with me? <laughs> all right, um, well, I
0: I've never ordered a fruitcake. Uh, I've I've had I've had some at my mom's. I was like, she either got some or bought one herself. Did not really. Well, I, I want. How are so many people buying this thing? To- what's
1: your What's your new address? Just announce it right now, and we'll all send you a fruitcake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like
1: inundated with fruitcakes.
0: One which would which would be uh, very nice of you guys because these are thirty six dollars a piece.
1: Really there's a lot of ridiculous. There's a lot of candied fruit packed in that <laughs> in the fruit cake. And pecans. we get two for yeah.
0: sixty six. Two for sixty six. You get your box of the petites it's twenty five. Uh,
1: the box yeah, looks like it has twelve sent, in it though. <laughs> they do. They sent my mother in law like four boxes of these things. That's a hundred. She's like, what cake. am I gonna do with all this fruit cake? <laughs> And I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I like it that much. And then, yeah, I ate half a box and was like, yeah, I need this out of my house. They do delicious. A,
0: the Collins Street Bakery does have pecan cakes. They do cheesecakes. Okay. Do a, okay. Pumpkin cheesecake, New York style cheesecake, key lime, lots of flavors. Blueberry, white chocolate, macadamia, and strawberry. Uh, they do cakes like bundt cake, shaped cakes, a tri- triple chocolate, white house pumpkin cake. Don't know why we're giving Collin Tree Bakery so much airtime.
1: No free ads, but man, but they have a
0: pecan pie, a fudge pecan pie, and a fudge pie. Or yeah. you can mix it up and get a deluxe fruit cake, fruit cake, and a pecan pie.
1: You know why we're giving them free time because they're they're a Texas business, sure. a family business who's probably going through some hard times after being embezzled by to the tune of seventeen mil. I, I
0: I thought you were going to go with, like, the the pandemic route. I was like, these things are, like, they're nuclear war proof, Michael.
1: I was about say, yeah, they're <laughs> pandemic proof. I, I, I have a feeling, I wonder if it almost went up in 2020 if people were more like, let's get back to the basics and let's. here's something I think I can send to someone. That is if, you know, obviously the bakery was able to run and everyone was safe there. But, but yeah, as far as orders, I'd imagine orders may have even gone up during the during the pandemic. Well, I'm not going to see aunt Susan this year. So let's, let's send her a, a fruitcake. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: So speaking of family foods, Michael, is there something on your list that you do every year? Uh, snacks, treats, desserts. Uh, I'm not talking about like your Christmas meal or like a, like a, ho- a special holiday meal. Is there something that you guys like you pull out of the recipe bin, wh- whatever container you have? We, we, we have this little card thing. Is there something that the the McDonald House is there, is it, are there go to items
1: for the holidays? There are not as many as I thought because I, I did try to I thought, okay, perfect. I'll, I'm I'm sure there's a ton. Um and you know what? Most a lot of in our house, there's not a ton. But my mom will still do uh she'll do like her own checks mix. Mm. with Worcestershire sauce or something and, and, you know, roast it in the oven. And so she'll a, kind of make her...
0: You can also smoke that bad boy.
1: Oh, yes. I've done smoked pecans before, but not not like the full-blown checks Mix. And so she'll, she'll still do that, which I really enjoy. You know, it's got pretzels in it and whatever else she can find. I think it's kind of different every year, which is great. And um, something that my grandmother or her mom made too... Is peppermint bark? With um, oh, I'm completely losing it. It's not white chocolate. It's it's not Eagle Brand. Maybe that is what it is. Isn't I don't Eagle know. Brand the the milk? Yeah, Eagle Brand's the milk. That's not right. Then it's milk. Whatever the white chocolate is, that's not white chocolate. Isn't the bark? She would. Isn't
0: like a yeah almond bark. Almond bark. There you go.
1: Almond bark. She would. Um, you know, put that in a sheet pan. Diet Pink, put in a (laughs) bunch of crushed, I know, a bunch of crushed up uh, peppermint. So those are things I kind of associate with. And then, But as far as our household, man, we're more like coffee people. So I always have to have at least one Starbucks peppermint mocha latte. And I've already had one so far. Uh, We get out the espresso a lot more this time of year. And then we get out the Hot Ruby, which I've talked about a lot, which I I think it's made locally here. It's a... It's a mixer, and it's it's basically um, kind of like a cranberry-infused spiced cider. And you can mix it with bourbon or vodka or different things or make non-alcoholic drinks, of course, with um, you know something kind of bubbly like Sprite or I think even club soda. I think there's so much flavor in it, you, you may not even want to mix it with Sprite. But anyway, hot ruby is something that we – we stock up on too so what about you guys
0: there are a couple of things michael one of them i don't know how uh like my mom makes this uh oyster cracker it's uh like a salt i, I think has a little garlic obviously butter or oil and uh dill so it's almost oh. like ranch flavored yes we we go through a lot of that. The, the, that's something that my mom makes. Something that we we started making within our own house. Um, we have to do like the the, the puppy chow. So we'll, we'll do like uh, oh yeah the chocolate yeah. peanut butter and powdered sugar and the the checks so good. Um, and you can also put like M and M's or other kind of candies in the mix as it's still cooling. Um, my mom makes a really great like Texas style chocolate sheet cake. And only, only usually during the holidays. So, that's usually uh, a staple that we have to have. Um, and then it's it's almost like reserved for parties. But like I, I've seen so many so many recipes on TikTok lately, I I want to try to make like a good sausage ball.
1: Man, that's a great point. Um, yes, you know we do sausage balls, and, and it's kind of interesting. when I talked about those fruitcakes kind of looking like them, but yeah, that's probably one I would add after kind of thinking about it more and hearing what you said. And then another one I would add is, I don't know what you call it, but those, you take some saltines and you put them in a bag full of melted butter and, or olive oil or whatever kind of fat you want to use and then spices and stuff. mm mm-hmm. And then so it, you, you get these really great flavored saltines and I know there's a hundred different way to make those. I think that's, that those get kind of brought out around yeah. our house this time of year too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the sausage balls, man, that's something my wife will make on a, just, she'll just have in the freezer and we'll pop them in there for our, you know, I mean, not all the time, but any time of year she'll just make sausage balls. And every time she does it, I'm just like, this is one of the best things ever created yeah. so it's, it's such an efficient vehicle <laughs> yeah
0: so if you guys have any anything that we need to, to check out or add to our list uh l- let us know i'm always open to trying new things uh you know we're it's and that i've been married for 11 and a half years now we're still looking to add and, and kind of build our, our family traditions we're we're getting close enough to work and we're going to be doing our own like our own holiday stuff like this is the first one of the first Christmases that I can ever remember that we're not going to be at my mom's house or at my grandparents' house. We're going to be at, at our house. Now my mom's going to come to us, uh, so that's still, you know, something's going to happen. But we're definitely looking to, to, you know, be starting our own thing. So food is obviously a big, big part of that, right? Uh, let us know. Yes. So let's uh, let's wrap this up, Michael. I don't know if everybody heard that my uh, my battery on my phone's dying, so. If we lose Michael okay. in, in the middle of this, it could just be because the, the battery's dead. But let's wrap this up with, with what we learned. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, Michael, the uh, Lady Raiders had a basketball game today.
1: Yeah, and I'll be really quick. Uh, I, I learned that the Lady Raiders have a home court advantage like you wouldn't believe on Education Day because <laughs> they invite about 10,000 very excited elementary aged kids with voices that are an octave or two higher than what you normally hear in that, in that arena. And every time poor Sam Houston state shot a free throw, it sounded like the roof was about to blow off. Sam Houston state today, man, they, they lost 55, 68, but a lot of it was because they shot eight for 20 from the free throw line. Oh, man. And I swear, I swear it was because of these kids. So congratulations. If you are a parent of one of the kids that got to go to that game in Lubbock today at 1130, be sure to pat your kid on the back because I think they single-handedly helped Texas tech win, uh, by allowing less than 50% from the line <laughs> on free throws. Incredible. Yeah. um,
0: I, I, I'm going to throw this out here, and, and I know I'm not alone because I, I, I've seen Michael say it. I, I don't want to be canceled, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm hesitant to say it, though.
1: We had Carol Lights recently. Oh, no. I know where you're going. It's
0: been an event I've gone to several times, and, and I've, I've always, like, kind of enjoyed it in the moment and it's kind of like a thing like like almost like a rite of passage like you go do it just because it's it's what we we do um it's, it's mm. <laughs> <laughs> now th- this year was a little bit different it, it, it kicked off the the centennial celebration right for Texas tech you know did you did you
1: go i haven't been since i was a student i've been twice and each time i was like I'm I I don't I don't get it yeah I I don't I'm sorry it's so much I mean if you're a student it's one thing because you don't have to hike but I was always a transfer student so I always had to hike so I had to park way somewhere else figure out how to get there try to meet up with your friends and then you stand around and you're way too far to really hear anything and I don't know the saddle tramps were walking with the torches and we couldn't even see them. And yep. yeah, I think they did try to change it this year, but man, it was. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's about, all. I'm, all I don't want to say too that.
1: much. <laughs> I don't want to say that. That's all I want to say about it. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I can say it, it, it kicked off the, the Centennial celebration. Text tech, tech is starting a hundred Uh, you had a great celebrity guest. Wade Bowen was there. I'll say, wait, mm-hmm. great. I'm like, I'm not like a Wade Bowen guy or fan. I, I couldn't even pick out his music, but I, I know he's well liked. It was well go. attended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just, uh, it's not my scene. So, all right. That'll do it for us on the 23 Personal Podcast. Before we say anything else, that gets us into hot water. We'll get you a more in depth, all miss preview. Uh, as we get closer to that game, we've obviously got plenty of basketball to get us through this December month. we got Nichols tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and then Eastern Washington next Tuesday, which is when we will be back for Michael. I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time.